Hello, Marcus. I'm Sherry Powers, the Director of Marketing at TechSmith, and um, we provide software, so desktop software that allows for easy screen capture or video editing um, yeah. or image editing for you know do it your do it all kind of marketers who have to provide feedback on an image uh, with Snagit or Camtasia provides video editing so that they can at least get a jump start on creating some video content if they don't have um, out of house content or contacts or a huge budget to do so. Yeah. Yeah, and so your team is how big? Uh, so we have a team of about 25. Yep. 25. Yep. So here's the thing, you know, at the, at the sales line, we are oftentimes working with companies that, you know, they might have a team of, if they have a team in marketing, yeah. you know, maybe it's three or four or five max, yep. you know, a lot of companies that are sub $100 million. What's the biggest difference between a team of three or four in a marketing department versus, in your case, say 2025? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so I think the biggest difference might be the luxury of some um, innovation time and some time to step back from just the everyday, um, we have to do this, this, and this, and we're all doing 50 things at once. Um, the do-it-all marketer yeah. um, type of busyness to being able to say, okay, well, what if we approach this a different way? Or what if we were to realign our efforts um, in this direction? Um, do we have the time and the capacity while we have a group of people also keeping these things cooking to um, kind of reach out and try those things and see if they pay off or not? So, so it's like if you get a team of 2025, 20, what would you say are the like top four or five most significant positions? Ooh, that's interesting. That, like if you, in other words, you're like, these are my core five, and, and the rest kind of just filter out underneath that. So I don't know that you could rate them in that way, actually, because what ends up happening is, you know, you've got a team of three or four, um, then you move and you expand from that. The luxury that happens is those three or four can start to specialize in different areas. Yeah. Um, so you're still covering all the same areas, um, you know, you've got your digital marketing, you've likely got a little ad spend going on, you've got your direct marketing, you've got your content de development, your video production, um, but all those jobs were still being done. They were just being done um, on a smaller scale when people had time as opposed to really being able to dedicate the time mm -hmm. to really evolve those areas into what could be um, more of a demand generation um, process or strategy or more of a um, consistent cadence of content being delivered and things like that. So I don't know that there's one key area or a group of key area per se, but you just get that um, luxury of specialization in a sense, yeah. to an extent. Yeah. So for, for you guys, you've been with the company how long? So I joined last January. Last so it's January. been just about two years about, for me there. Two years. Yep. Okay. So and before that, I was on a team of you know five or six marketers. So. Yeah, yeah. So you've seen the. You've I've seen, seen the, the two, scale definitely. Yeah, you've seen the two differences. We were talking about this a minute ago, um, and maybe we like we could bounce this in terms of what you're seeing, in terms of strategy for content. Yeah. Um, say five years ago, two years ago, and today. Yeah. Let's both like let's scale that out. What. What does that look like for you? Then maybe I can talk about what it looks like for some of our clients or what we're pushing, what we're Perfect. trying to push. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a, a lot of changes that are happening right now. 
Yeah, so I'd love to hear what you're doing for your clients in that respect as well. And we talked a little bit about, too, what you, you've spoken at Content Marketing World since the start of yeah, Content Marketing World six, as well. Six years, I think. So the evolution of those topics and what you have been, even from a thought leadership perspective, evangelizing from um, that realm. But I would say the biggest evolution um, that I've seen is really the buy-in that content no longer needs to revolve around um, products. And um, the end solution that you're trying to push across from your brand. And people are really buying into the idea that um, you need to take a step back and really get people to start in from more of, um, you know, a problem aware, a solution aware area yeah. um, from a thought leadership perspective. You know, if, if they're not bought into the fact that they need a, you know, end table, um, they're not going to be purchasing a certain brand's end table or they're not in the market to do so. So... Um, evangelizing the um, first step um, so that people are bought into the idea that they need to be looking into this type of solution or this type of product before um, all of your content starts integrating products. Overall, I don't think things have changed a lot in six years. I would say six years ago, when I started speaking here, and if I said to somebody, how would your organization define the phrase content marketing? Yeah. I think it would have been a very marketing-centric definition, which is fundamentally flawed. Yeah. Because if it's marketing-centric in definition, then you're going to have a problem with buy-in out of the gate. Yep. Because you've got semantic issues with the way that you're describing the thing, right? Yep. And so I think the biggest issue in the space that is content marketing six years ago was buy-in. I still think the biggest issue six years later is buy-in okay. of people, organizations catching the vision. Maybe you have a leadership team that catches the vision. Oftentimes, not everybody does. If they do, oftentimes somebody in sales, if not the sales manager, doesn't catch the vision. There's and, someone, yeah. Yeah, and so the question is why? And I think a lot of it has to do with the way that we have explained the thing. So, like, if you go to a sales team today and you say, why does the marketing department produce all of this content? Like, I'm really curious as to what the answers to that are. Right. Because I think oftentimes the answers to a marketing department would be appalling as to what they would hear from the sales team. Yep. Because there's such a there's such a big disconnect. So I still I still think that's the biggest issue. I think the biggest trend is video. I mean I, re I really yep. and I and if anybody's not recognizing that for what it is, I just you almost would ask are they blind to the marketplace? You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Yeah. To, to trends and so I would say over the last two years our biggest change with our clients at the sales line has been taking companies that say we know video is it, we is we've got to show it but they just don't know how to create that culture in-house is the sales team understanding how to share those uh, appropriately to actually Huge get to the message in the right place um, so TechSmith creates video editing software, yep. obviously. So we're a little bit more um, culturally aware of the need for video, I think, on our internal sales team. But yep. we do distribute through a lot of channel partners. 
um, even our software as well for enterprise buyers and um, getting them to use the video content even that is created and delivered to them. We still get a lot of calls and requests for, um, when they think of content, they think, um, I need a PDF for this. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Can you make a PDF? You know, we just need a PDF. I think a lot of the problem is, you take an event like this, content marketing world, right? Yep. I don't know how many people are here this year, like 3,500, let's say, whatever it is. If we broke it all out and said, what percentage of the people here our marketing department, yep. it's probably about 85 to 90%. Absolutely, I would say the same, yep. yeah. And so <clears throat> let's just assume that the other 10% is made up of sales and leadership teams. Yep. I think until we get to the point where that number's like 75, 25, how many people are gonna be here over the next couple of days, they're gonna be inspired, they're gonna be moved, they're gonna learn, they're gonna be touched, they're gonna to return and report. Yeah. And they're gonna hit a lot of roadblocks. Immediately. There. Yeah. Somebody's gonna rain on their parade, if not a lot of people, because they weren't here, because they didn't hear and see and catch the same vision and have the same feelings. It's more important that the sales team manager is here than the CMO. Yep. You know, it's more important that that person on leadership, just regardless of scale of company, but that person on leadership is here again than somebody in marketing. But we send all of our marketers here and we still have a big, big issue. And it's the same way at Inbound. Yep. It's the same it way is. at any major conference. And somehow we've got to do that because the majority of the issues that we're having with frustrated marketers, it's because of a lack of education, of, of ignorance of the team. And the ignorance is spawned by the fact that they just weren't present for those learning moments. Right. Yep. And then taking the time to absorb, even from the marketing team, in some cases, it can be hard for a sales team that's, you know, they're, they're there to sell, you know, to take time off from the sales floor. Um, even to come to this, so um, pushing that message of the importance as well and bringing that back is something that is a, it's a problem to solve, definitely. So one of the things that we believe in a lot is what we call insourcing and using your, your employee talent, yeah. your subject matter expertise in-house to, yep. to help produce content. How have you seen that with whether it be with TechSmith or with other companies, like say larger brands, have you seen them successfully leverage outside of marketing subject matter experts? And, and specifically, I like to, to lean towards the sales team here, but maybe 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 outside of that, maybe the engineers or whoever it yeah. is. Have you seen companies successful with that? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I've got lots of thoughts on that. What yeah. Are your, what are your thoughts on that? So um, initially, my my head goes towards authenticity. Um, you know, one of the biggest hangups I see marketers having maybe in creating video is the fear that it has to be perfect, right? Um, or the sales team thought that a video is not a video if it's not perfectly polished yep. with an intro and an outro and all the right um, transitions in between um, in the lower thirds. And I think um, some of the most successful content that I've seen out there is just brands being authentic. Yeah. Um, putting themselves so how on do you camera. Get out, like, how do you get over that though? Like, 
So let's say you take a brand that has this image. Yeah. So an SMB can pull it off that nimble video element, I think easier than say a TechSmith or, or somebody yep. that is a, a, a very well-known brand because you know, once you get to a certain place, you, you're, you're resistant to, to not produce stuff that looks amazing every time. Yeah. And I'm all for what you're saying. I mean, I'm the, I like, I am screaming, let's, um, let's accept that really, frankly, the majority of the videos that we produce with companies are not going to be high end production. 10 to 20% might be a high end yeah. style, but the other 80% is that just good salt of the earth educational stuff that is, is show it so they can see it. So how do you, like, have you had success with that helping especially those in leadership say it's okay that it doesn't look like a $30,000 production. Yes. So we, you know, we're still not 100% there, I would say, but we have had success with this. Um, one of the things we started doing this year um, is just live Facebook streaming, which yeah. is very in the moment, authentic, yeah, um, especially never for a brand, perfect. That's, that's, um, yeah. that's atypical. Someone trips, you know, somebody stumbles on their speech in the video and that's okay. Um, one thing that's really important to our brand is that people feel um, like they can reach out to us and yeah. ask questions about their video journey and not feel as though we're a super intimidating company that is doing a lot of things right because we do have um, the software and we have a larger team to do so. We run into a lot of the same scenarios that any marketing team would. You know, which lavalier should we buy? Um, what lighting's the most affordable um, and can be used outside for an interview? Um, how do you get your sales team to follow a quick little script if you want to put one of them on video? Um, we have all of these same uh, problems that we face on our team as well. So size not isn't that doesn't make those problems go away. Um, so we want to be authentic in a sense and um, make sure people know that we're humans over here and we're facing the same problems you are and we're very passionate about video. Um, and we're creating maybe more than the average team, but we're still not covering all the areas we would like to be, and we don't have all of those problems solved. So, like with live video, what's been the hardest element or obstacle to get used to or overcome for you guys? So, I think the hardest obstacle we had to overcome is um, not necessarily doing it. Facebook obviously makes it very easy, for instance, to do a Facebook live video or there's other live video options yeah. out there. It's understanding um, what value are we providing consumers. And um, I think an obstacle for us and probably a very relatable obstacle is, um, are they, is, is this topic too small? Is, is it gonna be valuable to them? Why should we put this on video? You know, um, so understanding that there are some things that we're doing just in our day to day that do bring value. For instance, if we're setting up our studio to do some kind of production, taking a moment to stop and say, you know, hey world, this is how we set this up. This is how we yeah. set up our lights. This yep. is how we set up our cameras because somebody might be facing that same problem and wondering how in the world they'll ever do that. And then just opening that up for commentary as well. Um, asking, would you have done this a different way? We'd love to know. Um, or um, what did you like about the setup? What did you not like about the setup? Um, what are you doing in your own studio um, as well or in your own areas of your company to set up a similar scenario? And what that does is it opens up um, kind of a collaboration space for those people watching as well where they can get advice from other marketers um, who aren't even us in the comments field and things like that. So 
I think just creating had, an avenue for conversation. Have you had any moment that blew up in your face? You know, um, we've, we've certainly had that's, a couple uh, that's mishaps. That's fear of, of live video, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. People yep. say, is it going to blow up in my face? So, like, have you had any of those? Nothing that blows up in your face. You know, you want to be professional. Um, you want to be authentic. Um, you want to be relatable and just show what you know, essentially, which is what we're all creating content about anyways. So it's just a matter of talking through that live, in a sense, as opposed to taking a couple hours and putting it into a nice document or a nice blog or something like that. Yeah. Um, essentially, you could share that information in a in a more engaging way, not that it were, would replace the other, uh, but just give a chance just to be a little authentic while you do so. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, so I want to mention that one. Yeah. One of the things that we have found is we're starting to put more and more people on camera, right? Yeah. Organizations. And we've been approached more and more over the last 18 months by, by organizations, specifically wanting their sales team to perform better on camera okay. and their subject matter experts. So, so you know, what does that mean, perform better? Yeah, so perform better on camera is the way that we portray ourselves okay. on screen so that we can carry out a thought right? so that we can deliver that authenticity that you're talking about so that the viewer says, they seem so warm and so friendly and so believable and they're unbiased. And so it's everything from the way that you hold your body to the way that you might move your hands and, you know, be yeah. open palm and the way that you might smile and start with a smile or to the way that you may always present both sides of a subject so that you come across as, wow, he or she really is looking out for my best interest, not just trying to sell me something, right? Like, yeah. so there's all these elements of, of when I say performance, it's, it's the way we communicate, it's what we show and what they hear. Yeah. It's media trainings happen for years for CEOs of bigger brands. Yeah. Right. But we're now where everybody is their own little media company. I'm seeing that there's this huge need in the marketplace because like I had a company recently approach me and said, yeah, Marcus, we shot our first set of videos and I realized we just suck on video. And they had hired a video production company. They to weren't doing it. Do and so yeah. it was a big waste. And like you said earlier, the budget might be gone at that point. Right. So I'm seeing that this is a huge need area and we can't just throw our subject matter experts on camera and say, go. I, th no. I think it's yeah. our obligation to train them, to teach them, to capacitate them on the skill set that is communication and performance on camera. Have you done anything like that? Or are, like, are you teaching anything like that to your team or to your customers as well? So um, that'd be a great topic for thought leadership to bring out to customers as well. But we face that same problem in a sense. I think it's really up to your video team that's gonna sit down with that person, that subject matter expert, and make them feel comfortable, make sure they're well prepared. But get, don't you think most video teams aren't really good at this? Like I have yeah. seen over and over that most, I'm not saying yours, yeah. but I'm finding that most video teams, they understand how to cut video and how to set up video, but they don't understand how to train 
the talent on to the camera to be at their highest, most comfortable level. Yeah. That is not good. So I think there's a gap there, right? Yeah. Because you've got a video team who's used to being around video all the time. Uh, they deal with cameras, they deal with lights, they see talent on camera all the time. They've probably dealt with really good talent and of course, really poor talent as well. And they almost forget that there is a gap there for people who aren't around First camera knowledge. equipment. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's, it's intimidating to be on camera. First and foremost, so you can have the most brilliant subject matter expert in the world who will just wet the bed, melt um, the moment the camera turns on and they see the red recording light. So um, to put someone at ease is truly a skill and should be something that's talked about more, definitely. Um, I think it starts with making sure they know in advance what are we talking about? Here's what I'd like you to hit on. Yeah. Um, giving them the flexibility to know, we'll do a million takes if we need to. It's okay. I want you to feel comfortable um, as we do this. But um, it's difficult even uh, for even when you do that to uh, make sure people are prepared. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, you know, this is one of those, um, this is one of those areas I, I'm, I think it's gonna only gonna grow in its significance. Yeah. In the coming years. I know that, and then I'm curious to get your thought on this, especially you're, you're such a, a visual company, right? Yeah. So we are at the point where we're telling most of our clients, if you're doing more than a couple million dollars a year in revenue, you really need to have a full-time videographer. Like if you, want to stay ahead of the marketplace. Yep. Because our saying at the sales line is, if you don't show it, it doesn't exist. Whatever it is. In other words, if you say, it's our people that make us different, it doesn't matter if you say it, because everybody else in the marketplace is saying it, but unless you show it, it's not true, right? Or if yep. you say our product or service is the best, it doesn't matter, because everybody else is also saying it. And so unless we show it, it's not true, at least in the minds of the buyer, of the consumer, and I really think a videographer is key to this, not just outsourcing, because if we just outsource, we're, we're never gonna produce the amount of visual storytelling and teaching yeah. that's necessary. What's your take? Like, how far away do you feel like we are until pretty much the majority of companies, we'll call it above a couple million a year in revenue, right? Because there's always gonna be the really small organizations that it might not be there, even though they need to be doing video. It's just yeah. not there in the budget to hire a videographer. Where do you think we are on that on that trail? So I think there's another option there, actually. So you've got, you know, you're outsourcing. You've got your in-house video production yep. specialist, but you also have the ability to create video content yourself. Um, so video editors right now, um, of course, you've got your high-end editors like Premiere and um, very skilled video production specialists that would be using tools. Um, of that level for very advanced, um, you know, national commercial type things. Um, but then you've got products like Camtasia as well that are developed to make video editing easy so that you can bring in content you filmed externally or just record your screen um, and do a screen capture of your product's interface to talk someone through something um, and put that but into the a quick video on the timeline. That, that is for the screen, right? So there's a big, big difference in the editing tools that we have for screen capture but it's, versus it's not just like, for the screen. like, let's say a manufacturer, right? right? So, so if I am a manufacturing company and I've never really shown my process, like really the secret sauce, which I think 
by the way, I am a manufacturing company, so this is a passion area of mine. Okay. We manufacture fiberglass swimming pools and we okay. and we distribute them all over the world, right? Yep. And so we're going through this huge campaign right now of just showing every card on the table, which no fiberglass pool manufacturer has ever done. We're doing it through video. Okay. But I know that I couldn't do this without somebody that truly had like video editing and just skill set on staff because it's too intensive. Like I could never yeah. hire a video production company and do it the way that we're doing it because it's literally well over. It's like eight major videos. They're all around 10 minutes. They're each phase of the manufacturing process. Like it's intensive. You know what I'm saying? And that's I, just a manufacturing company. But that's what I mean when I say, I think that although a lot of people can do the basic editing, if they try, many won't try, but as you know. Yep. But I think there's a whole other set of video that we need to be producing that I think Premiere is out of, out of reach for most people right now. Too intimidating for the majority yep. of just regular marketers, let's say. They dive in, maybe not. That's yeah. my take. What's I would, yours? I would say in the same way that, you know, we all started coming to these contents, knew we started, we needed to start creating more and more content. And we dove in and we learned how to use a WordPress backend um, to deliver that content. You can teach yourself how to use a video editor. Um, and it doesn't need to be a Premiere style video editor. So taking a tool that is designed to make it easy that lets you drag and drop elements on a timeline that you have filmed externally so in your case um, specifically if you are showing fiberglass pools you're showing the manufacturing process um, the biggest asset that people have right now especially if you're not doing um, any audio um, to connect in and even if you are really the biggest tool you have is your phone right now yes yeah, we have phones that capture beautiful video oh no no um, question in, in this day and age so taking that external content transferring it to um, an, an editor that you can drag and drop things onto a timeline add different elements add audio in the background I'm telling you marketers can do this um, anyone many, on a marketing how team, many like so how how long does it take? Let's say a marketer knows marketing but doesn't know video editing. Mm -hmm. How long do you think it takes them to get to the point where they're able to say, you know, I can do pretty solid video editing that's respectable? It's not, yeah. That's not like video production company stuff. Exactly. But yeah. It, but it's, it gets it's the beyond, job done. It's beyond the basic, you know, hold a phone and and then upload it and to then YouTube. just share that yep. yeah um, I don't think long at all I think somebody could capture some video throw it into a timeline and within the matter of a half of a day have a very respectable video that they could showcase and want to share externally and it only goes up from there you know once you build that initial confidence level and see I can do this and I actually shared this piece of video content um, that's something that's repeatable and you're only going to add um, additional flair from there, maybe add a lower third, maybe discover new um, avenues for implementing new audio and things like that. It only goes up from there. But I think if you could, especially for the do-it-all marketers out there that are used to teaching themselves every single tool, you know, you've uh, discovered how to set up a drip campaign, you know, you're doing... No um, question. A, B... I mean, if um, you can use a tool like HubSpot, you exactly, can do video marketing. Exactly. If you can use uh, you a can tool like editing. HubSpot, you can, you can dive into a video editor. Yeah. Um, and kind of 
cross that bridge for the first time and get better at it. You know, you didn't start with HubSpot and have 50 campaigns running all at the same time that were um, directed on your behavior and your consumer's behavior and things like that. You built up to that. So just, just like um, anything else, you can dive in a little bit, test the waters, build up to that cool. confidence level. Get to Old Navy today for a huge 50% off all Old Navy active for the family. Get a jump on those New Year's resolutions with hoodies, leggings, and more. All 50% off today only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1228 excludes in-store clearance. Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. <sighs> Aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking... I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service too? T-Mobile. Their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run. Come to a T-Mobile store today and get iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. And right now, get four lines for just 30 bucks a line with AutoPay. Switch today. Contact us if you cancel or credits may stop in full price due, plus taxes and fees via 24 monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement. Zero down with trade-in plus 3125 times 24 months. Pre-credit price 999.99. 0% APR while supplies last.